Coast. We are delighted to have our evangelist, Brother Chris Green from Texas with us, a man who is mightily used of the Lord. His wife has also joined us. We had the opportunity to minister with them in Malawi, and God's hand and favor is upon this young man in his ministry. Would you welcome to this pulpit, Brother Chris Green. God bless you in Jesus' name. Why don't we praise the Lord together? Whether you want to clap your hands, whether you want to lift up your voice, whether you want to shout, whether you want to dance, whether you want to run, just do it in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. If you're breathing, you have a reason to rejoice. Clap your hands, everybody, and shout with a voice of triumph. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Jesus. Amen, amen. Turning in your Bible to Acts chapter 19. Amen. It is our honor to be here at the First Pentecostal Church in Palm Bay, Florida. We've heard so many great things, and we know it's all true, especially after being here today for just a few minutes in this service. There is something powerful in this room. There is something powerful in this service, and it does not come by accident. It comes by intentional sacrifice and prayer and preaching and faith. And I just want to say thank you so much for allowing my wife and I to be a part of this great church, to be a part of this great movement, what God is doing here. I'm so excited to be here because I know that this church is a globally mission-minded church. This church isn't all about us and these four walls. I know that this church gives sacrificially. This church sends people sacrificially in uh, all countries all over the world, and I thank you for that, and I'm so thankful to be with your pastor and his family, the Meyer family, Brother Pastor, uh, pastor Myers. Aren't you thankful for a pastor that has vision, global vision, global vision? Amen. Amen. This is a revival church. Amen. And uh, my wife and I are thankful to be here. She is the most beautiful woman in the world. And she's even more beautiful today because she's 24 weeks pregnant and carrying my little baby boy. And while Pastor was teaching an amazing lesson this morning in Sunday school, I had my hand on her belly just feeling him kicking. I think he was trying to run the aisles, Brother Myers. <laughs> or he was just getting comfortable, one of the two. I don't know. But uh, it was great to feel my son kick. I love it. In Jesus' name. Thank you for so, so much for having us. Somebody just say, in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to read to you Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 6. If you have it, say amen. And if you're reading the screen, say amen. Amen. That's good too. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus. And finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? I want to read that again because I believe that this is one of the most powerful, most profound questions you find in the entire Bible. He says, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said, Unto John, John's baptism. And 
Paul said, John verily baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him, which is Jesus, which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. Verse 5, I want you to notice verse 5. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. It does not say, and when they were comfortable, or when it was convenient, or when they were satisfied, or when it was a good time. It says, and when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them. Notice, it doesn't say they were baptized and Paul said, go home, you can live how you want to. Once saved, always saved. You don't ever have to go to church. No, it wasn't over. The verse 6 says that when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Paul asked in verse 2, have you received the Holy Ghost Since you believe. So I bring to you today a title, a subject, a a sermon that's very simple. May not blow anybody away. My title today is You Shall Receive. I got a few amens and I know you're trying to figure out if you like me. Let me just tell you, you're not going to like me. (laughs) It may take a few days for you to figure out if you're going to like me and if I'm going to like you. You don't know me. I don't know anybody here but a few people. But what we we need to know is that we know Jesus. We have a common daddy. We have a common friend. We have somebody that died for us. He robed himself in flesh and he died for us. And he rose again on the third day and he poured out his spirit upon all flesh. We know Jesus. Can somebody just say, I know Jesus. I'm preaching you shall receive. If you have a need in the house, would you raise your hand? It may not be you need the Holy Ghost. You may need healing in your body. You may need deliverance in your family, deliverance in your home. It does not matter what you need. I've come with a word from God. You shall receive. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord and give him a great shout of praise? Come on, praise him. He's done too much for me to give him average praise. He's done too much for me to give him traditional praise. Clap your hands and shout unto the Lord. Before you're seated, turn to two people and tell them you shall receive. Amen. You may be seated. As Pastor just alluded to and read from Acts chapter 2, we know that when the day of Pentecost had fully come, God did His purpose and His plan. He fulfilled His plan by pouring out His Spirit upon all flesh. The day of Pentecost was found when they were in one mind 
and one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. I'm thankful that I serve a God who said, I'm not going to be with you, but I'm going to be in you. And he told his disciples when they argued with him, why do you have to leave? He said, if I do not leave, my purpose will not be fulfilled. He said, it is to your advantage that I go. Because when I go, I'm not staying there. But when I go and when I am glorified and when I take my rightful seat onto the throne of glory, I'm coming back. And when I come back, I won't be in the flesh anymore. I won't have any restrictions anymore. I won't have any limitations anymore. But I am going to fill you with my spirit and with my power. He said, go to Jerusalem and wait there until you be filled, until you be endued with power from on high. He said, do not leave until Till you have received the promise of my Father. The Holy Ghost began to pour out. The Holy Ghost began to move. And nothing could stop it. No devil could silence it. Nothing could drown it. Nothing could hold it back. It began to move like a wildfire. 3,000 got it here. 5,000 got it here. Hundreds got it here. It began to move. And it's still moving today. Doesn't matter how powerful the devil thinks he is. He cannot stop a church that is full of the Holy Ghost. He cannot stop a child of God. Because the Bible says greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Nothing can stop the moving of the Holy Ghost. I met your pastor at a breakfast table in Malawi where over 2,000 people received the gift of the Holy Ghost and 81 blinded eyes were opened and 32 tumors disappeared and 30 deaf ears were unstopped. Nothing can stop the Holy Ghost. Nothing I wish I had somebody that would agree with me this morning uh, that nothing, uh, no addiction, uh, no disease, uh, no sickness, uh, no handicap, uh, no devil from hell uh, can stop the moving uh, of the Holy Ghost. I've learned that this church has been introduced to one of my mentors, Pastor Charles Robinette. He's crazy, isn't he? He'll be here next week. You would tell him I said that. He is crazy for Jesus. And unfortunately, we share a lot of the same testimony, so i got to be careful. But I was there in Vienna, in Austria, when he called me, in fact, and he invited me to preach at their church, and he said, I want you to come preach a Muslim revival. Remember him telling you all that story? 
I was there that first service when we had 27 Muslims who sat in the pews who didn't speak English. They, they didn't speak German. And I had an interpreter interpreting my sermon who barely spoke any English. You don't want an interpreter who don't speak your language. Now, here's the funny thing. You know, sometimes I think it's my preaching that gets people healed or it's my tradition or it's my worship or it's my anointing or it's my this or it's my that. Uh, I had a fancy sermon laid out, but when I realized I've got an interpreter that don't know English very well, I shut the book, I shut down my iPad, and I just said, hey, if you want to go to heaven, you need the Holy Ghost. And if you want the Holy Ghost, you ought to come right now and get it. It took about 10 minutes for that to be translated. There was no momentum. There was no jig and jive. There was no emotion. There was no nothing but a word of God, a word of faith that said, if you want it, you can have it. And that weekend, over 15 Muslims, refugees from Iran, left that service speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. I'm going to tell somebody, it's not my preaching, it's not our music, it's not our lights, it's not our program, it's the Word of God. He said, in the last days, I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Would you clap your hands and shout, God said it, it's going to happen. Somebody say all. Somebody say everyone. It was Jesus in Matthew 7 who said, Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened unto you. Watch this. Matthew 7 and verse 8. For everyone. Put that in your pipe and smoke it for a second. He said everyone. He did not say the white. He did not say the black. He did not say the American or the Asian. He said everyone. Uh, I get excited about that because once I was in sin, but Jesus took me in. When God found me, I was in darkness, but he pulled me out of the miry clay and set my feet on a rock to stay. Because he said, everyone, turn to your neighbor and say, even you. Some, some, some wife, turn to your husband and say, even you. I know that took a little bit of extra effort there, but you need to do it by faith. Even if you don't think it's true, just say, even you. Jesus said, for everyone that asketh, receiveth. For everyone that seeks, finds. For everyone that knocks, it shall be opened. Somebody now point your finger at yourself and say, even me. If God in his grace and in his love would give his spirit to some Muslims who've never worshipped him, how much more? I'm going to tell you a little story. I was in America. You know, miracles happen in America too. I was in Virginia and one man, he Catholic, 
I didn't know he was Catholic. I'm, an, I'm a visiting evangelist. I'm preaching. He's sitting right on the front row, or excuse me, right in the middle, not on the front row. He was sitting about on the fifth row, right where this gentleman's sitting right here. What's your name, sir? Carl. Somebody say, hi, Carl. He was sitting right here where Carl's sitting, and I was preaching about the Holy Ghost, and tears were pouring down his face, and he was really old. He was 55. It was crazy. And I finished preaching. I don't know how he got to church. I finished preaching, and he hobbled his way up to the altar. I'm 29 next week, so 55 is old to me. He came up, and he didn't just come to the altar. He was a first-time visitor and stood right in front of the pulpit just like this. I love first-time visitors. You know what I call that? Visitor faith. See, it takes someone like me who's been in church a little while to argue against the Word of God. But see, these visitors come in and ruffle our religious feathers when, when the Word of God says, you're going to get it today. And they say, well, just shut up and I'll come. And as soon as the preacher stops, the visitors come and, and the religious people will say, well, who do they think they are? They haven't sacrificed. They haven't given 10%. They haven't gone to Haiti. They haven't given in cheese for Christ. They can't get a miracle. This man stands in front of the pulpit, and I come down, and I say, what do you want? He says, I'm Catholic. I said, that's okay. God can feel a Catholic, too. He said, I'm Catholic. I was raised Catholic. He said, I went to Mass this morning. He said, but somebody invited me to come to this revival, and he said, I've, I feel what I've never felt before. He said, I've never even heard about the Holy Ghost. He said, but I know it's real because I feel it all over me. I said, if you want it, you can have it. Lift up your hands and lift up your voice. And before I could go through my routine, before I could lay my hand on him, he was speaking in tongues like he had been in church his whole life. Hold on, sit down a second. He, he stopped speaking in tongues after about 10 minutes. He says, what else can I do? I said, we need to baptize you in the name of Jesus. He says, can I do it now? I said, yes. We baptized him in the name of Jesus. He comes out of the water speaking in tongues. Three weeks later, I get a phone call from the pastor of the church. And he says, Brother Green, do you remember that Catholic man who received the Holy Ghost baptized in Jesus' name? Yes, I do. He said, well, we didn't know this, but he came to church that day because... He had stage four cancer and was given six weeks to live. And a lady of our church told him that if you want to be healed, you need to come to my church. I think it's time we stop talking and start doing. You need to look at your neighbor and say, hey, if you need healing, you ought to come to my church. Because when you come to my church where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is, there is power. There is healing. And you shall receive. He said he came to our church because he had stage four cancer all over his body. They gave him five to six weeks to live. He went back the week after he got the Holy Ghost baptized in Jesus' name. They did a full body scan and came back and said, we cannot find any cancer in your body. 
Pardon me while I have a celebration. I don't know about you, uh, but when I think of the goodness of Jesus uh, and all that is done for me, uh, my soul cries out. Uh, I've got to dance. Uh, I've got to shout. Uh, I've got to praise. Somebody shout it. Uh, you shall receive. Be seated just another moment. I want to tell this story because... It's somewhat of an antithesis to the last story. At first look. I was in Houston, Texas, and the pastor, we did a six-week revival there, and he says, will you go to the hospice center? There's a man dying of cancer there. He's not a part of our church. He's not a member of our church, but he needs the Holy Ghost. His name is Pierre. Everybody say, Pierre. He said, his name's Pierre. He said, he's in hospice, dying of cancer. He said, a month ago... We had the privilege of baptizing him in the name of Jesus. Please go to the hospice center and help him pray through to the Holy Ghost. I said, all right. I go. and I mean, this guy was really old. He was 75, you know. The offering might not be good the rest of the week. I got to Pierre's room in hospice Hospice isn't where you go to recover. He's laying on his deathbed. He could barely talk because cancer had totally destroyed his abdomen, his vocal cords. and He could barely see. And I said, Pierre, first question is, what made you realize you needed to be baptized at 75 years old? I mean, you don't teach an old dog new tricks. He said, well, when I was five years old, my mama took me down to a river bank where a priest, a Catholic priest, he baptized me or he sprinkled me. He said he sprinkled me in the titles of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And the priest told me, OK, son, you're saved. You're going to heaven now. You don't ever have to go to church. You can live however you want to live. Once saved, always saved. You can do whatever you want and you've got eternal security. He said at five years old, I was like, wow, I don't have to go to church. Praise God. Church is so boring I'm glad I don't have to go I'm safe he said and now 70 years later he said I would join the navy he said I've done every sin in the book he said I'm so bad I wrote my own book on sin he said now here I am at 75 years old dying of cancer he said and I moved to Houston to be close to my son and my son walks in the room and says daddy let's talk about baptism he said, son, I was baptized 70 years ago. He said, oh, good. Well, let's just see what the Bible says. You know, the Bible doesn't say sprinkle. It says baptize. In Acts 8, it says, and they went down into the water. This may be a little funny. I wish it did say sprinkle because when it rains, you know, I'd drive up and down the street just saying, in the name of Jesus, everybody would get sprinkled at the same time. I'd go to my backslidden family and I'd surprise them in the shower when it's sprinkling on top of their head and say, in the name of Jesus. But Jesus didn't say that. He said, go into all the world, uh, baptizing them. Anyways, he said, I realized as my son went through the biblical accounts of baptism, he said, oh my God, I've never been baptized like the Bible says. So they took me out of hospice and gave me a few hours to go get baptized. He said, I came back and I got back in my deathbed. And he said, so here I am. 
I said, well, Pierre, what do you know about the Holy Ghost? He said, I don't know anything about the Holy Ghost. I gave him a few minute uh, Bible study about the Holy Ghost, and he got excited. I said, so, Pierre, what do you think? He said, man, that sounds great. I said, so are you ready to get it? He said, no. I said, why? He said, because you remember that book of sin I committed and the book I wrote on sin? He said, there's no way God would fill me with the Holy Ghost. He said, I've never served God a day in my life. Why would God give me the Holy Ghost? Why would he give a man the Holy Ghost who's never lived for him a day in his life? I said, Pierre, you got a few more minutes, don't you? You're not going anywhere. Let me give you a 10-minute lesson on grace. I said, God's grace is sufficient for you. His strength is made perfect in your weakness. Long story short, Pierre started crying. I said, are you ready now? He just shook his head and said, yes. I walked over to his bedside and began praying for him. I laid my hand on his head. and He lifted up his hands to the Lord and said, God, I give my life to you. He began shaking like this. And I got a little worried. You know, this guy's dying and he starts shaking under my hand. Big faith evangelist right here. I said, Pierre, are you okay? He's just a shake. Thought he's having a seizure and he's going home. Pierre, are you okay? He lifts up his right, his left eye and he says, Brother, I'm great. Keep going. It wasn't but a few seconds later in a whisper, I heard another language. I heard something come out of his mouth. Pierre told me, he said, what just happened to me? He said, all of a sudden I was face to face with God. He said, I felt the warmth go down my soul. He said, I began to speak words that are not in my vocabulary. I said, Pierre, you've been born again of the Spirit. Let me give you a secret. I just want to tell you a secret. Everybody likes secrets. Everybody in church likes gossip. I'm a gossip, okay? I'm a gossip. May not preach tomorrow night, but I'm a gossip. You know, you go and see a play or something, they got those curtains. And sometimes I'd like to know what are they doing behind the stage? I want to gossip about what God was doing behind the stage when Pierre and I were in that hospice room. God gave me this crazy mind. I don't know, it's weird. And I see things and I, I think of things. I thought, God, they, that's weird. So I preach it. I see God sitting up on that throne. And you know, David wrote, he said, A God who is abundant in mercy to all who call on his name and ready. Somebody say ready. And ready to forgive. See, we, we quote that and we say he's hesitant to forgive. You know, Jesus said, I came to seek and save that which is lost. We quote it wrong. We say, God came to seek and save that which is anointed or that which is good enough. He said, no, baby. I'm looking for the hurt. I'm looking for the painful. I'm looking for the lost. I'm looking for somebody just to reach out to me. And behind the scenes that day, that Pierre received the Holy Ghost, I see God sitting on his throne and he taps Michael and says, Hey, Michael, you see that galaxy over there? Man, I created that. You see this planet over here and this universe? I just spoke four words. Let there be light. And that universe is still responding to me. He tapped Gabriel. He said, Hey, Gabriel, you see that, you see that constellation? I sneezed and that came out. He said, Isn't that cool, man? I didn't even mean to do that one. And it's still going. Look at that. Wow. 
I'm good, man. And all of a sudden, the Bible says that you get all of heaven's attention at the sound of his name. The Bible says that all of heaven rejoices when one sinner repents. God was probably bragging a little bit about what he had done. And all of a sudden, he heard a faint whisper from a man named Pierre and a hospice sinner saying, Jesus, I give my life to you. Now imagine if I were God and you've never lived for me a day in your life. And on the last day of your life, you show up to my doorstep and say, hey, any room left for me? If I were God, I'd say, get off of my property, you deadbeat. You didn't give to me. You didn't worship me. You didn't praise me. In fact, you live for the devil, and you want me to save you. Get off of my property. But thank God, I'm not God. God, who is rich in mercy, was sitting on the throne that evening in all of a sudden he heard a whisper from Pierre on his last few breaths. Jesus, Jesus, I give my life to you. And Jesus said, "Uh uh-oh, hey, Michael, I'll be right back. Somebody's about to repent. Watch, here he goes. He's about to say it. He's about to confess. And Pierre said, Jesus, I repent of my sins. And God said, oh, here I go. And he came into that hospital room and he filled the air with the gift of the Holy Ghost because God is ready to forgive. That means he's sitting on the edge of the throne saying, come on, baby, just say it. Just reach. Just confess. Just shout. Just worship. Just pray. I wonder what God is waiting to do this morning if this church would just say, God, I give my life to you. Lift up your hands unto the Lord. I feel a reaching, I feel a reaching, I feel a yearning. (laughs) Oh, there's somebody here who feels like they've reached a dead end, but God is sitting on the edge of his throne saying, no, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Reach for me. I'm done preaching. And this is the antithesis that I spoke of. Pierre died two days later of cancer. Somebody might say he, didn't, he wasn't healed. There's no cancer in heaven, baby. Pierre showed up to the gates of heaven and God looked at him and said, Wow, you've been born again of my spirit and my water and my name. Well done. Well done. Thou good and faithful servant, enter in. Watch. And Pierre took one step onto the streets of gold. And when I get to heaven, 
Pierre is going to invite me over to his mansion and he's not going to have any cancer because there is no cancer in heaven. You say he wasn't healed on this earth. He wasn't healed in this life. Paul said to live is Christ, but to die is gain because when I get to heaven, I'm going to gain my healing. I'm going to gain my power. I'm going to gain the presence of God, my salvation. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that's going to be when you step over to the other side of glory and you throw down your crutches and you throw down your disease and you throw down your depression. Everybody in this place, lift up your hands unto the Lord. Somebody just say, Jesus. Come on, just say it intimately, personally, individually, Jesus. Say it, not for anybody else, but for yourself, Jesus. Say it again. Jesus. Jesus. Come on, say it a few more times. At the sound of his name, demons tremble at the sound of his name. Sickness is afraid at the sound of his name. All of heaven's attention is on you at the sound of his name. Somebody's being ministered to the Lord. I don't need to rush this. Somebody's being ministered unto the Lord right now. God is ministering to you and your problem and your sickness. He's ministering to your family and your marriage. He's ministering to that bitterness and depression right now. I just want somebody to say, Lord, I welcome your presence here. I welcome your presence here. I need some altar workers to come right now and line this altar. I need some altar workers, some ministers who can come. Somebody's about to receive the Holy Ghost. Somebody's about to receive a refilling in the Holy Ghost. Somebody's about to receive healing in their body. Some, uh. Can you feel what I feel in this place? Can you feel the presence of God? His attention is on you. His attention is on you. Now I want you to find somebody who needs the Holy Ghost. And I want you to ask them, will you come with me to this altar? If you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, I want you to step out from your chair, from your pew. And I want you to walk to this altar right now. Come on, we're going to give you time. I'll get down here with you. If you need today, listen, I feel direction in the Holy Ghost. If you need a refilling or a renewal, a restoration in the Holy Ghost, I want you to step out right now and I want you to come to this altar. There are saints and members who may have been a part of this church for years, but today you say, God, it's been too long. I need a fresh touch. God, I don't know the last time it was I spoke in tongues. I need a fresh touch. Would you step out? We'll wait for you. We'll wait for you. Come on, come. Would you come and feel this altar right here? Would you feel this altar right here? Now, I want to ask, if you have a physical need in your body, would you raise your hand? Everybody listen. Everybody listen. If you have a physical need in your body, would you raise your hand? In Jesus' name. 
Do you see all the hands that are lifted up? Put your hands down for just a moment. I don't want anybody praying right now. Altar workers, I don't want you praying for just a second. If you can wait just a second. If you can wait just a second. We're not quenching the Spirit. We're giving instruction. Paul, he spoke about the gifts of the Spirit. And at the end of it, he said, let everything be done decently and in order. He did not say, let it be done like a cemetery. He said, let there be instruction. If you have never received the gift of the Holy Ghost... The spirit of the living God. If he has never filled you up with his spirit. And you have never spoken in other tongues. I want you to raise your hand right now. One hand. Just raise it up. One hand. Never spoken in tongues. Thank you. There's two, three, four, five. Any more? Raise your hand. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Any more? Eleven, twelve in the back. Thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Now it's getting too many. I can count. Would you raise it high? We've got 15 to 20, maybe even more, who are going to receive the Holy Ghost this service. Listen. Listen. For those of you that need to receive it, this is all you have to do. Watch. All you have to do. You need two things. You ready? You need desire. You need to be able to say, God, I want the Holy Ghost. And secondly, you need to have just enough faith. You don't have to have a lot of faith. Just enough faith that says, God, I will get the Holy Ghost today. That's all you've got to have. Your desire and your faith will cause you in just a second, when I tell you to, to step out and come to this altar. If you have desire and if you have faith, you don't have to be special, anointed, unique. All you have to do is have desire and faith. And you may ask, why would I speak in tongues? Because it's the tangible evidence of an invisible experience. James said, your tongue is an unruly evil. It is a fire. It is full of poison. The Bible says, James said, nobody can control their tongue. The prophet Isaiah said that death and life is in the power of your tongue. And in Philippians it says that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. In just a moment, we're going to pray and your tongue is going to begin to shake and tremble like fire as a sign that the invisible spirit of God has filled you up. Now, I want everybody, there was 15 to 20, probably more, who raised their hand who do not have the Holy Ghost. I want you right now, I want you to step out from your seat and I want you to come join us at this altar. Nobody's going to embarrass you. Nobody's going to shame you. God wants to give you his spirit right now. Look at him coming. Look at him coming. If you're a member of this church, listen, if you're a member of this church and you're standing next to somebody who needs it, would you kindly invite them to come to the altar? Sometimes we just need an extra invitation. Would you come with me to this altar right now in the name of Jesus? We're coming quickly. We're coming quickly. We're coming quickly. It's 11.59, almost 12, still early. And God's about to fill everybody with the Holy Ghost in the next few minutes. Would you come quickly? Look, we have plenty of room right here. Now, if you raised your hand and you have a physical need, would you step out and join us? You can feel the aisles. You can feel this empty space in the altar right here. In Jesus' name, would you come? Would you come quickly, please? Would you come quickly, please? With faith, with desire. With faith and desire.
Look, we've got plenty of space right here. Would you come? Would you come close? Look, this is why we're doing this. You know why? Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I show up. The Bible says when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were in one mind and one place. That's what we're doing right now. And God is about to show up. I don't think I have to give as much instruction on this because this church has done what I'm about to do right now. In just a moment, when I tell you to, in just a moment, when I give you the word, everybody in here is going to lift both of your hands as a sign of surrender and as a sign of faith that says, God, I'm ready to receive who you are. In just a moment, everybody's going to do that. The second thing you're going to do is lift up your head because when your head is down, it represents fear and shame and doubt. But when it's lifted up, it shows faith and belief and trust in God. The third thing you're going to do is you're going to close your eyes so that you're not intimidated or distracted by anybody around you. Some of the most supernatural experiences of my life has been with my eyes closed, focused on God. The fourth thing you're going to do, and in fact, I feel I'm going to have Pastor, I'm going to have him pray a prayer of repentance over this uh, congregation. He's going to pray a prayer of repentance. And everybody in here, you're going to pray that prayer of repentance. All it is is saying, God, forgive me of my sins. I turn to you. And remember, God is ready to forgive. Okay, And after he prays the prayer of repentance, I'm going to come back and I'm going to pray the prayer of faith over this congregation. And everybody is going to receive the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Pastor, lead us in repentance. Let's bow our heads together. Would you repeat after me? Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for your love and your mercy. I believe your word that you died for my sins. And that if I would ask you to forgive me. You would hear me and forgive me of every sin. Now, Jesus, I ask you to cleanse me, to forgive me of every sin, of every thought, of every action, of everything that displeased you. Cleanse me in the name of Jesus. Wash me with your word. Wash me by the blood of Calvary. Make me a new creature in Christ Jesus. Now, Jesus, I believe you have forgiven me. And I thank you, Lord. And I worship you, Jesus. And I glorify you in the name of Jesus Christ. Everybody say, thank you, Jesus. Now, everybody lift up your hands. If you're in your seat, I want you to stretch your hands forward to this altar. And I want you to pray for those who are seeking the Holy Ghost. Everybody hear me. Everybody hear me. I want you to lift up your head to heaven. I want you to close your eyes. Now, listen. Everybody listen. You're going to hear me pray the prayer of faith. And when you hear me shout hallelujah, I want everybody in this room to shout hallelujah. And when you do, your tongue is going to begin to shake as God fills you with the Holy Ghost. And these altar workers are going to lay their hands on you in the name of Jesus. By the authority of the Word of God, by the power of the name of Jesus, I command every one of you to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Shout. Speak in tongues. Receive the Holy Ghost. You shall receive. 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 I command you to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, rain, rain down on us. Holy Spirit, rain, rain down on us. Holy Spirit, rain. Right. 